are listening to The Weekly Wrap-Up with your hosts, Marcella Bood and Will Thompson. Hey guys, and welcome to the Clean Sheets Weekly Wrap-Up, where we look at all the news, results and table standings of football in New South Wales, from the NPL1 all the way down to the State League. I'm your host, as always, Marcella Bood, and with me is Will Thompson. Hey guys, how you going? Yeah, good. Now, um, just put, I want to put a bit of a disclaimer out to our listeners. If no, don't know if you're going to notice or not, but Will and I are actually a bit under the weather. Yeah, battling the flu over here. Uh, not the best time to record, but we're pretty dedicated. Yeah, so if you notice us, you know, coughing, you know, uh, stuttering a little bit, yeah, please um, understand why. Um, now, it's been a pretty interesting uh, results for results in this round in the MPL. Um, now, I understand you went went down to a game? Yeah, I was able to get out to Glazerride Magic and Bankstown United FC uh, over at Christie Park. Um, a fantastic game, pr- really great game, uh, really great bunch of guys at uh, Magic there and really accommodating for, uh, for us. And I'm hoping to get some photos up on the page uh, pretty shortly as well. Oh, excellent. Now, speaking of results, we'll probably get straight into it. Um, actually, before we do, Will, do you have any news for us? Yeah, a couple of items. Um, the uh, the news that the NCIP is effectively dead came out. Um, the the clubs have given what they think it should be, and I think it just has to be ratified now by the FFA, which, I mean, at, at this stage, if they don't do it, they're just going to shoot themselves in the foot once again, but we've all seen that happen. Um, so I, I guess the main discussion is... Are any teams going to take advantage um, of that and of the new policies that they want to put in place and perhaps go back or change names or emblems at all? And we'll definitely be discussing that uh, in much more detail later on. Uh, anything else? Uh, and just the MPL4 standings, um, or sorry, MPL4 criteria has come out as well, so pretty keen to get into that um, in a little bit too. Excellent. So we'll start off with the NPL 1 results in the round that just went by. Uh, Sutherland Sharks with a 3-0 loss to Marconi Stallions at Seymour Shore. Sydney FC racking up a 3-1 victory over Rockdale City Suns at Lambert Park. Mount Druid Town Rangers and City United uh, played out a goalless draw at Poppendenta Park. Sydney Olympic with a 2-1 away win at Manly United at Cromer Park. Blacktown City and RPL Leichhardt Tigers with a one-all draw at Lily Home Stadium. And the game to wrap up the round, Wollongong Wolves with a 1-0 win over Hakoa Sydney City East at Wynn Stadium. Now, out of all the results, uh, which one of those stands out the most to you? Uh, it's really hard. Um, I guess maybe... Like it was the... a round of almost like you're just expectedness, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Like you got your second and third um, teams from Blacktown and RPL had the one-all draw. Um, I guess maybe Wollongong, you know, I, I expected them to go in with a lot more um, grit and really put the sword to Hakoa. Um, I'd say they're almost lucky to get away with a 1-0 win there. Uh, Lachlan Scott being the, the goal scorer, quickly becoming a, a, a bit of a fan favourite down in the gong. Um, but that win now pushes Wollongong to seven points clear at the top of the table with four points and- remaining. Yeah, and Scott himself is actually on a bit of a bit of a purple patch with form. He's actually scoring quite regularly now. Yeah, he's he's not doing too bad. I haven't had a look at his scoring figures, but um, yeah, him him and Thomas James have been the two main attacking threats in terms of goals for the Wolves this season. And another result I want to point out is Marconi's three 0 win away at Sutherland. Now, as we mentioned last week, Sutherland were actually on a six game undefeated streak, 
And looks like Marconi were the team to uh, finally break Sutherland down. Yeah, very good for Marconi. Um, pushes them up into a sixth spot that they share with uh, two other sides, Manly and Rockdale. So really up... Um, they're only one point away from a final spot. So we're getting really tight there for those uh, for fourth and fifth at the moment. Yeah, and, and in that game we had Andrew with the double and Yesic in the 61st minute to make the score 3-0 to the Travelling Stallions. Now, at Oppendenza Park, we had a nil-all draw between Mount Drilltown Rangers and Sydney United. Now, again, with the draws, especially at this kind of uh, late stage in the season, is it two points lost for Sydney United, or is it one point gained for Mount Druid? Uh, I think you'd have to go look at um, two points lost for Sydney United, Sydney up in fourth. Uh, another two points for them would have put them onto 29 and really sort of cemented their place inside the top five, or, or at least give them a bit more of a buffer. Um, as it stands, you know, it, it's really dangerous. And I guess Mount Druid as well, if they had won that game, yeah, they would have uh, put themselves in a better position. They'd have been up there, and there would have been a four-way tie for sixth. But, um, yeah, as it does, I think Sydney United will be feeling two points lost. Yeah, and that's, I think, how the general feel. And also, great travelling support by the Sydney United supporters, always there to support their team. Now, and one more match before we move on. We had a one-all draw between Apia Leichhardt Tigers and Blacktown City. Now, obviously, first place is wrapped up. We've got Wollongong Walls head and shoulders above everyone else. And then we have Apia and Blacktown City in this kind of neck-and-neck for second place. Apia Leichhardt on second on 35 points. And we have Blacktown City third now on 31 who stood to lose the most out of this draw if, if that makes sense uh, i think apia you know if, if apia wins that then they're still in position to potentially um get first but a win you know would almost um would almost guarantee them a home final as well uh i mean as it is it's gonna be very hard for them to not get that home final have an eight point lead over uh, over fourth but yeah, if if they had have got those extra two points, would have given that definite, um, the definite home final there. And, and moving on to the table, we've got as we just mentioned, Wollongong Wolves in first place on forty two points, then Apia Leichhardt on thirty five points, second place, Blacktown City occupying third on thirty one, and here it becomes quite interesting. This is where we're talking about the two points lost for Sydney United. Sydney United sitting on fourth place on twenty seven points. With followed by Sydney Olympic, who are on at 26 points, one point behind them thanks to their 2-1 win over at Manly. And then we have Marconi, as you mentioned before, Marconi, Manly, and Rockdale on 23 points, followed very closely by Sutherland Sharks in ninth spot on 22. And even with a very much an outside chance, depending on the way the wind blows, but Mandrew at town on in 10th spot on 21 points. So we've got effectively a few teams that can realistically vie for that finals, final, finals position. Yeah, I'm um, having a look at my um, at my projected sort of table here and the max points that each team can get. So Hikaru was out of the finals. We, we knew that last week. Um, Olympic moving up into fifth on 26. So now the most that Sydney FC can get is 29. We can all but rule them out. There's four rounds remaining. Um, they're, they're just not going to make up the distance there. But then Rangers, you know... They can get 33 at most. Olympic was 26, so Rangers all but ruled out of uh, of the top two. So, you know, they've got those three extra spots that is is pretty open. Unless, I'm sorry, I'm going to take Blacktown out of that, out of that equation. 
but four through to tenth, man, it's it's wide open there. It's still anyone's ball game. Like it's literally whoever shows up and whoever plays the best. It's going to be a very tight uh, final run to the end of the season for the MPL one. Now we'll move on to the MPL two uh, with results. We have St George City uh, with a one all draw with Northern Tigers at Jubilee Oval. Central Coast Mariners absolutely battering Kenry Bankstown 5-1 at Plume Park. Blacktown Spartans picking up a 3-2 win over Hills United at Blacktown Football Park. Bonnery White Eagles with a 3-1 away win over Spirit FC at Christie Park. North Shore Mariners with a 2-0 away win at St. George FC at the Illidan Sports Centre. While Mounties Wanderers and MacArthur Rams played out a one-all draw down at the Sydney United Sports Centre. And probably the shock result of the round, we've got Western Sydney Wanderers drawing one-all with Rotomy Lions at Valentine Sports Park. So yeah. for me, so for me, I think that result, you know, sees the one Western Sydney Wanderers at least slip off promotion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's really getting hard for them now. Like they're still in it, but they haven't won for for a number of weeks now. They just keep sliding further and further down the table, down into what fourth spot at the moment. Uh, Rattlemere sitting down in third last, and look, if if you picked a one or draw, hats off to you. I, I don't think anyone would have. With the Western Sydney Wanderers, the probably the only positive, or one of the one of the few positives you can pick up from this game is that Mohamed Adam is still scoring. Is on a fine vein of form, scoring. Uh, read quite regularly for his side. And rumours are that this week, for as part of the rumoured signings for the first team, uh, he's actually going to be picked up to the first squad. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, he's, a, he's a fine lad, scoring goals for fun at the moment. The only thing I sort of worry about is we saw the same thing with, uh, with Lachlan Scott, who you know, was banging them in in the MPL 2 and then uh, made the Wanderers' first team. And then he kind of went there and did nothing. And... Um, and I, it's, I think it's happened with a few players at the Wanderers where they've... And you've got uh, Abraham Majok as well that happened. Yeah. Him Majok, as well. Uh, look, I mean, he's, he's a great guy and all. I just I still don't understand that one. But I think it still shows that the gap, at least from NPL 2 to A-League, is is pretty significant. It, um, it is a bit of a jump, isn't it? Like, you would think that maybe if the Wanderers were in NPL 1, there could be a bit of a uh, closing down of that gap. But even then, the, the jump between the NPL 1 and the A-League... Um, and numerous times has been proven to be a double-edged sword. Sometimes the players that move, you know, fantastic, and sometimes the other players that move, it's just an absolute bomb. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, the last sort of standout player, um, maybe Jai Ingham, who, who signed for victory. And then... You got like, Max Burgess as well. Oh, yeah, Burgess. Um, like, and then you got Georgie Timothy, who's now going over to, to play in Belgium. But I guess another big name that stands out for me is um, Kenny. Uh, Kenny, a few. Like he was, you know, he was King Kenny. He was the next best thing, and then we saw him for a couple of games, and he's just um, faded away to obscurity again. And you've got Elvis Cam, Elvis Cam Sobo, who's actually debuted for Burundi in the African Cup of Nations as well. For but, but both of those two players have played for Melbourne Victory. Yeah, it, it just it really shows the need for a second division. Like if players are struggling. And these are meant to be our top players from MPL one. If they're struggling to make the jump to A League, the second division cannot come fast enough. Yeah, very true. Now there was uh, news that we mentioned last week that St George City actually wanted to apply 
to be in this in this national second division. Now they had a one-all draw with the Northern Tigers. Um, can you <clears throat> hypothetically, you know, see a case for them, let alone them being in the actual division? Uh, not really. I mean, if we look at it this way, so St George City are the representative top side for the St George Football Association. Now, what kind of a mandate does an association side have um, to have aspirations to play A-League level? They're meant to be there as the representative branch of that association where their juniors can aspire to play to as representing the top um, of that side. Now, I know last year they went out and got a couple of players that they paid, and I haven't heard of this since... um, or, or, in fact, ever, but paying uh, players to go play under-20s for them and paying them. In, that, that was MPL 320s, paying players to play MPL 320s. And these guys were, like, they, they, they were de- definitely above MPL 320s quality. So I guess, where's the responsibility for the association to properly invest the funds from their, um, from their grassroots sides and put it back into those grassroots sides. Like, this, this whole nonsense of, oh, we want to play in the second division, how about you just look after your local clubs first and work on that and get that right instead of going out and spending big money on these coaches and these players mm-hmm. to get yourself promoted. Very, very wise words there, Will. Now, speaking of, you know, their um, <clears throat> their run in the MPL 2, we'll go to the table. Um Sitting on first is North Shore Mariners on 42 points. And then we have Hills United on second on 37, Spirit FC 34, and West Sydney Wanderers now tied with Mounties Wanderers, both on 33 points, West Sydney on fourth, Mounties Wanderers on fifth, followed very closely by Bonnie Rig White Eagles and Blacktown Spartans, who both occupy uh, fifth and sixth place. And at the bottom, we have Canterbury Bankstown, as always, Last place, 14th on eight points. And I think the less said about them, the better. Yeah, I think we're just going to hear them miss for the rest of the podcast. Um, like, they're, they're almost put out of their misery in terms of, uh, in, in terms of being able to be promoted, but not quite there yet. All right, fair enough. That, <clears throat> that I think that kind of wraps it up for the MPL2. Um, very exciting league, not, not to say the nonetheless. Now, we'll move on to the MPL3 for the results. Now, very interesting. Uh, this has to be one of the most interesting leagues as we keep saying it every week because the scores, no matter which game that you look at, very rarely do not have any goals in them. For example, we've got Stanmore Hawks with a 4-3 win over Dunbar Rovers in the dying minutes at Arlington Oval. SD Raiders with a 3-2 win over Dulwich Hill uh, at Ernie Smith Reserve. Bankstown City with a 3-1 win over Camden Tigers at Jensen Park. Uh, we have Western New South Wales Mariners falling 3-1 at home to Paramount FC. Sydney University in the lowest scoring game of the round. 1-0 win over Hawkesbury City at the Sydney University football ground. Now let's contrast that. We have possibly the highest score line this season in the NPL 3, maybe in all the entirety of the NPL. Into Lions with a 11-0 demolition of Granville Rage at Valentine Sports Park. And we'll move on to the game of the round. Claysville Ride Magic losing 4-2 at home to New Boys Bangstown United at Christie Park. Now, Will, you were at that game. Uh, tell us about the game. 
Uh, look, it was a pretty good game. Um, so you guys were on Magic. They dominated much of the opening ten minutes, and then a bit of uh, it, was a, it was a bit of running into play, and um, it may sound slow the first goal of the match. Um, and then not long after, Gladesville, uh, they they fired back to get one back to level it up one all. And it's funny, it seemed to be whichever side I was on, that's where the goals were happening. So I kind of kept trying to bounce sides and um, and, and I guess try to draw some more goals out. But then Magic managed to get a penalty and they slot that home to get 2-1 up. And I thought, okay, from here, uh, Magic should be able to just take control of the game and, um, and close it out. There's a few good chances either side. Um, it, was, it was a volley gone, got a stray of, uh, from GRM. Uh, Bankstone United had, had their chances as well, and then in the uh, it was in the second half um, that Bankstone United started to really take control, and I guess they made Magic play their game. Um, there was a beautiful bomb from outside the box from uh, from one of the Bankstone United guys. I'm a bit upset I forgot to to see who it was, but um, yeah, absolutely cracking hit. Uh, then there was a, so it was a bit of a, uh, a tap in as well, um, just the ball rolling across the front of goals and um, and able to get the tap in there and a penalty as well, which from from what we're looking at and my photographer managed to get it, um, maybe a little bit controversial, maybe a bit of a slip, maybe there was a foot in there, but yeah, that's that sealed the game to four two to Bankstown United. Um, just massive shout out to the Glades Ride Magic guys for being really accommodating. Um, and, and getting to have, a, to have a chat with them after the game, and it's really good to go out and and speak to all these clubs that we're reporting about and talking about, and um, yeah, and just see what it's like at the at the club level. And great bunch of guys. Yeah, again, thanks to Gladesville Ride Magic for having uh, the clean sheet down there. You know, if you ever spot us, um, you know, come up to us, say hi, and we're pretty friendly guys. We don't bite. And yeah, we will as the season closes down, especially in across the leagues, we'll try and get to as many games as we can, um, just to kind of, as Will just said, you know, get a feel of the clubs, just to report, you know, and bring a bit more exposure to such a great game uh, that we have in this in this country. Um, now we won't focus too much on it because enough is, I think enough has already been said about it. But Inter Lions with their 11-0 win over Granville Rage actually promotes, pushes them up pretty well into the table standings. Now, 11-0, it's a pretty bad scoreline. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure where it went, went ah, where it's gone wrong with the rage. Um, but, man, to, to cop 11, that's... It, it's a bit rough, and look, I, I didn't say the game, so I'm not going to make too much of a comment as to what's happened there or, or what's going on with the club, but um, but you'd think that, uh, that the days might sort of start to become numbered for the rage. Um especially as relegation looms. And especially as the MPL4 criteria um, has been released, which we'll talk to we'll talk a little bit later. Now, another match that I want to just talk about, probably that was um, massive in terms of table standings and positioning, is Stanmore Hawks 4-3 win over Dunbar Rovers. Now, Stanmore Hawks won in the dying minutes of the game, and for all accounts, it was a very entertaining game. Now, Stanmore in, uh, are the league leaders, now, the, I think with this league, as we've said it before, it's almost every round there's a new leader, there's a new second place, a new third place. So, Stanmore Hawks on top spot, 41 points, followed very closely by SD Raiders on 39 points. Glazeville Ride Magic, uh, 37 on sitting in third spot. Bankstown City, fourth 
on 36 points, and New Boys, Bankstown United, fifth, who occupy the last final spot on 33 points. Uh, the, the, and the, then, the second last, sorry, the second last final spot is uh, top six in PL3. Yeah, sorry, my bad. Uh, second last spot. And then wrapping up the finals, final spots is Interlions. Now, they started off very slowly this season and now pushing themselves up, you know, into real finals contention here. You know, the gap between them and Dulwich Hill, so sixth and seventh, is almost eight points. So Dulwich Hill on seven spot with 24 points so it's almost like the league is wrapped up the final positions here are, are wrapped up yeah i don't think we're going to see any surprises um coming the end of the season obviously um with dali going down to raiders uh pretty important like it's it's it's, it's a big loss for them like, if they had won that they could have kept touch with the top six um and based on city as well returning to the winner's circle in well, what the first time in about four weeks or so i think and, um, and of course, Paramount FC getting that 3-1 win over Mariners, so returning the winner's circle again for the first-grade side. And, um, you know, but is it, again, is it too little too late? Look, I think with, you know, as the season you know comes to an end, and I think when there's more pressure on these teams, especially these teams fighting to survive, you know, for, for literally their livelihood or just surviving a drop, you'll find that a lot of them will fight a lot harder, and I think Parramatta FC will look. I think Parramatta FC will will do will do enough, but whether it is exactly enough for them to stay up, you know, yeah, only time will tell. But them, it'd be a shame for a club with with history like them to face you know triple relegation. I can't think of any club that's ever faced a triple relegation before. Uh, nothing comes to my mind. Yeah, same here. So we'll move on into the last league in New South Wales. We've got. The State League, uh, two games were washed out between uh, Prospect United and Central Coast, as well as our everyone's favourite FC Ghazi, Auburn and Nepean. Both games were washed out. So we had three games that were played. Fraser Park and Percival FC with a one-all draw at Fraser Park. Balmain Tigers with a 2-1 win over South Coast Flame at the Elden Sports Centre. And the University of New South Wales and Western Condors playing out a 2 all draw at the Elden Sports Centre with the Hurstville City Minotaurs having the bye this round. Now, as two games were washed out, there's not really too much to report on uh, in this league. Is there anything that comes to mind, uh, Will? Uh, it, it's really hard, you know. Like, and Especially when it's a two-horse yeah. race. You know, there's really not much that can be said. No, exactly right. And I guess the, so. The, the main talking point so far was uh, was Fraser drawing one all with Hurstville FC. That's... Um, and with with Central Coast some games in hand there, uh, you know, it's it's put a blow on their Premiership hopes, I guess. Because um, I'm assuming that Central Coast is going to beat Prospect. Um, I'm not going to give that as a given, but there's a very reasonable chance that that's going to happen. You would think that a team like Central Coast would beat Prospect United in the in their current state of form. Yeah, exactly right, and, and that would give them a um, give them a four point lead over Fraser with the last. What, six or so rounds remaining, six or seven. Um, so you know, who knows? It's it could still go up to debate. Um, I think they do still have to play each other coming up, Central Coast and Fraser. But yeah, Fraser's going to be kicking themselves for uh, for dropping those points there. Yeah, and the league is almost so imbalanced. They've got teams who have played thirteen games, teams have played fourteen games, and the maximum here is fifteen games. And as you mentioned, Central Coast. 
have a game in hand as well over their uh, premiership rivals, Fraser Park. So as we keep saying every week, it's like Central Coast have this already wrapped up. They they just need the season to end. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, they've got the league wrapped up and they'll probably have the grand final wrapped up as well. Yeah, I just had a look. They actually play each other next week. So um, if, if Fraser don't win that, then just just give the trophy to, uh, to Central Coast United now. Yeah. I think next week is the definitive game uh, for the state for the state league. Now, speaking of which, the criteria for the MPL four for twenty twenty has been released, and there are some interesting um, factors and criteria that uh, Football New South Wales have included. Now, the document went up last week on their website, and we've actually reported it and shown. Um, it on our Facebook page to a lot of, um, you know, questions, a lot of uh, relief for some people. And, you know, but I think a lot of this throws out a lot more questions than it does answers. Will, what do you have to say about it? Um, it's pretty interesting. If you haven't, go and check out the article that I wrote up. But basically, they've waited fairly heavily, uh, I can't even talk, thanks, Flu, very heavily towards the performance and participation of teams. So uh, 50% with... A quarter of um, of the weighting towards the criteria being from the average finishing position across the last three seasons. So, um, if you finish inside the top twenty six, we'll get you five points. And then scaling down to uh, zero, did not compete. Um, and with only one point being picked up, you finish between forty six and fifty second. Uh, so, I guess that helps teams that have dropped down, like uh, like Parramatta. It'll help those teams dropping down from NPL three um, to sort of I guess keep them up. But the the main thing I want to focus on here is the criteria with the zero points for did not compete um, instead of it just being blacked out because you know every team's competed. Um, I think that really opens the door and shows the intent to have incoming teams sort of follow this uh, this criteria as such coming to the NPL four. Um, and as we said, if the rumours are true that Southern Branch do want to come in, then obviously they'll be put into that criteria, and I think it'll be used on the way forward. Um, things like geographic density. So obviously, the more um, the more players around per club in your area, then the more points you're going to get. Um, if, if there was like so, if there was to be another license missed out, is there anywhere else around in your boundary that? Uh, that's going to have players as well. So obviously with your two rehearsal sides, if they got rid of one, is it still going to be held up? Um, coaching. Interestingly enough, you get five points if your first 20s and 18s coaches, you get five points each um, if they have pro licenses, <laughs> which uh, which definitely, I, I don't think I can name one coach in... It kind of boggles the mind a little bit. Yeah, really, really strange there, but sliding scale uh, facilities, so making sure that your playing facilities are in association boundaries. I thought that one might have been given a little bit more weighting. That's only 3%, that particular point there. Consecutive is counting back that you've played the same home ground. That's worth two points, so obviously rewards longer tenure clubs, um, playing inside the local area, um, how many, the number of years your clubs have had teams participating in the local association competitions. And then we get to the last 10%, which is your governance and compliance. And a lot of these items you'd think would just, you know, sort of tick off. But we'll go through them really quickly. Latest financial um, audit account. So there's a few clubs there with some compliance issues that had their minus 30 or minus 15 points to start the season. Um, 
one percent's been allocated to the amount of red cards received across um, 18s, 20s, and first grade for 17, 18, and 19 seasons, and one percent for the yellows as well, and then uh, and then for forfeits. So is is it worth or is it valid to have one percent dedicated to the amount of red and yellow cards accumulated? Uh, I, I don't think so. There's a part of I, me I don't that, think that should really be too much of a like a, a validation. No, because I mean you'd have to go through and see what the red cards were for, obviously. But I'm sort of guessing they got to it and just wanted to fit a few more things in and um and and get some percentage points. Like to, to only have one percent then allocated to having links to all the policies and documents on your club website. Um, you know you'd think that would be a given. So why not boost that up a couple more percentage points and um. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe. Like, you could be a really poor team in terms of, say, let's say, governance or terms of, you know, whatever criteria you want, but you could be the most well-behaved team, if you want to call it that, and have the most minimal red and yellow cards. I don't really think that should have too much of a... Like, it shouldn't even be a thing in in the the criteria. Yeah, it's it's a really, really strange one, Um, especially when you consider the amount of yellow cards per match given out. You know, teams are always going to get sort of between two and three yellows in your standard match. Um, so, you know, it's... I'm still scratching my head at that one. And then 1% to the uh, MPIO status, uh, making sure that that's all up to date. And sort of the one that had us scratching our heads the most was website slash public shop front club marketing as of round one of 2019 season. So 1%, to get a full 1%, uh, Clubhouse have all the following: website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, plus another social media account. Um, now, what are the if, if you what are the major uh, social media? You've got Facebook, you've got Instagram. That are the most. On, let's say, sorry. Which we're now on, by the way, at yes, the Clean Sheet yes. AU. There we go, and you know, those are the two major marketing ones. If you are a business now. What's another social media platform that a club could use? Let's <laughs> sort Snapchat. Snapchat. Um, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. You might be able to set up like a Tinder account, maybe. Um, MySpace. Is that still a thing? I don't know. Yeah, you're probably in the dark recesses of the internet now. Four social media platforms. Maybe a YouTube channel. I know. I know some clubs do have a YouTube channel, but you know that means you'd have to hire someone. You know, get someone to put videos up. You know, weekly, bi-weekly. Yeah. You know, a, a lot of the running sides, a lot of these clubs are run, especially when you go down to your MPL 3s, MPL 4s, they're mostly run by volunteers. Yeah, and let's be honest, there's a lot of MPL 1 clubs that fail, that, that fail to do the bare minimum of just keeping the scores updated or actually submitting their scores on time. Yeah, so just having having a look through, just talk about the shop front, the, every single club or from MPL 1 all the way down to the uh, State League has a Wikipedia page Bar one, <laughs> who is this uh, uh, enigmatic uh, uh, stately club? I've got to put out an apology. So I went through and did all them a couple of months ago, and I received an email from Wikipedia saying that they were going to delete this one club, um, and I've got to respond to it in time. So apologies to Prospect United, but the reasoning that they gave for the deletion of the page was because it appeared that there was only an intent to join the NPL. So I think they've taken Prospect uh, a little too literally. In its, in its actual literal form. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go back and um, 
and and fix that one up. But yeah, they all the clubs have their Wikipedias, and I'm pretty sure they're all up to date in terms of um, honors, you know, championships, promotions, premierships. Um, if it's not there, let me know or fix it yourself. Let us know, and we'll be more than happy to to fix it up. But in saying that, should it be the club's responsibility to look, even though. Uh, Wikipedia is an open source website. Should should there be someone whose job is to literally be dedicated to fix the communi- uh, the online communications for the club like that? Um, look, I think so. Like to fix a Wikipedia page, it's going to take you half an hour at, at most, and you only have to do it once per season. Um, like you can you can have some fun with it. I mean, you, you could have your, your Central Coast United. I'm sure they'd have someone that would go through and add in every single player in the current roster, some former notable players. Um, they could put their colours in and. You know, you can have some fun with it. If you just want to do the bare minimums, if you got promoted, just update your, your information as to what league you're in and your your honours. But well, it, it's a very simple thing, and I think it's pretty important that we keep an accurate uh, record of football in this country. Yeah, I just kind of actually brought up a good point that um, football uh, historically, uh, let's say historical record keeping for football in, in this country. Um, has been like it's almost like it's non-existent. It's very hard to find a lot of information going back, and you know, as we've seen through uh, Facebook groups and Facebook pages who, with people who have this historical information, there isn't this central database. I know there's OzFootball.net who do a fantastic job at record keeping all of football in basically all of Australia, but it's a shame that our, our, our sport has a very proud and illustrious history in this country and it should be more recognized and it should be more validated you know in the sporting landscape of australia not brushed aside not pushed under the rug or swept under the rug and not told uh, a very um watered down version of the history yeah and exactly right i mean trying to go back through and find information on um especially when you go back to the to the nsl days and some of the early ones like finding any sort of information on Penrith city when i was trying to do that for uh, for the article that was, you know, that was one of the hardest things I've ever done, and I'm studying law at university for crying out loud. Um, and you know, in some of these other clubs that you try to get information on, some of the early sort of New South Wales clubs, or um, you know, try to get some more information about Wollongong, Macedonia, in the NSL, it's uh, it's incredibly difficult. I'm actually going to put a call out there to our listeners. If you or anyone that you know has historical information, it could be pamphlets, it could be articles, it could be just basic information about teams that are currently in existence or maybe teams that are folded, You know, send them across to us. We'll be more than happy to put it on our website, um, to promote it on our Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram just so that we can keep the history of football alive in Australia. You know, If you've got a really old... Um, you know, brochure, you've got a really old match day program. Take photos of it, scan it, send it to us. We'll keep it on storage for everyone to see. Yeah, exactly right. We'll, and we'll make sure we get it out to um There's a few guys that are putting sort of a database together and we'll make sure it gets to them and it gets properly looked after and, and kept for future generations to enjoy. All right, excellent. Now, uh, moving on, speaking of history and speaking of, you know, preserving the past, the FFA under their new board have abolished the, you know, abysmal policy, which was the NCIP, and they have replaced it with a new diversity and inclusion program. Now, I think this is a very good move for football in Australia, as what it does is it eliminates the NCIP, which for those who don't know, kind of said that, 
you in layman's terms you weren't really allowed to celebrate your history as such so if you had an anniversary game you weren't allowed to you know change uh your logo you weren't allowed to kind of celebrate the ethnicity of your club you know football in australia as we know has historically been founded by migrants and migrant communities so teams like Sydney United, uh, Sydney Olympic, RPL Leichhardt, even Victoria, we've got teams like Melbourne Knights, Heidelberg United, all the way to Perth for Sorrento FC and World Up Croatia. Um, so what this actually does is it allows clubs to express their individuality and recognise their history and not be clouded by this, um, let's say, this uh, fear that if you were to recognise your past and celebrate your past, that the FFA will come down heavy and fine you. You know, we, we, we've seen this actually happen in a few instances in northern New South Wales where Hamilton, Missouri, were told by the <laughs> FFA they weren't allowed to, you know, uh, celebrate their uh, cultural past, so they are of Italian backing. And we had in the FFA Cup last season, Avondale FC, who, you know, as a farce, were told they had to cover up a tiny Italian flag on the back of their shirt that I don't think anyone would have noticed if the FFA didn't call any attention to it. Yeah, I would know. And we've noticed. also got the case where Melbourne Knights actually wanted to take the FFA to the Human Rights Commission for not allowing a shirt sponsor, the Melbourne Croatia uh, Social Club or Sports Club, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. on the front of their jerseys. Yeah, that was a that was a really sort of overreaching case for the FFA to deny sponsorship like that. I think, especially when we're crying out for money coming into the sport at the moment, to um to deny that it was just crazy. But I, I have had a few conversations with people, and I guess it's pretty split opinion. Um, some people are really happy that clubs aren't going to go back to the name, or like they don't want them to go back to the old names. Some people are pushing for um for recognition, and I think there is a happy middle ground to be had. So I saw an article, oh, I think it was the Sydney Morning Herald or, or some some crap like that, um, said that Sydney United fans wanted to go back to uh, Sydney Croatia, Preston Lions fans wanted to, to change it to Preston Macedonia, and um, and South Melbourne wanted to include Hellas in their name. But you've you got clubs like Sydney United's president, I'm pretty sure, came in and said that they're not going to be changing back. And realistically, I don't think any clubs would change back. Maybe Charleston City would. Um, but I, th- I think the, the biggest thing for me with, with this is clubs will be able to update their logo. Um, whilst still keeping their heritage. So if you look at Bonnie Riggs, and I brought this up before, um, it's hilarious. I didn't notice it the first time, but they've got a boomerang in their logo. Now, if they wanted to get rid of that, but still keep, you know, the the, the Serbian colours in it... Um, and the double-headed eagle. And the double-headed eagle. They would have to completely change and not have any of that because they were locked in under the NCIP. So now they'll be able to update it if they want. Like, they don't have to. If they If they really like the boomerang, they can keep that. I, th- I think it's a bit silly, but um, yeah, they they can update it to something a bit more modern while still keeping their heritage. Yeah, and it's actually really good that the uh, this stupid NCIP program has actually been abolished, and that clubs are now free to express themselves. Now, the uh, the caveat, I guess, for uh, the FFA is that in one of their wordings in their pr- in their press release was like, in layman's terms. Yeah, you're free to celebrate your culture and you can change your name if you want, but be wary of the geographical location that you're in and to be inclusive, which basically says if you call yourself, if you revert back to your name, let's say, for example, Sydney, Croatia, 
you have a risk of alienating people who say aren't Croatian. Now, do you think that's a fear that's founded or unfounded? Uh, look, speaking to people, I think this, I think it is founded. There's people that you know that say it really blocks them out from wanting to support that club. Um, it's not as indicative as the area that they represent. It's more the, the uh, cultural ethnicity. Um, in say that, like you're gonna have a lot of people that aren't faced by it. So, um, personally, I support um, I support Wollongong United, formerly Wollongong Macedonia, and I've, I've got no issue with them. You know, still identifying as a Macedonian club. I don't feel excluded when I'm there. Yeah, there's the the old Macedonian guys speaking to each other in Maso, but it, it doesn't dampen my experience or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Like I've been to few Marconi games, I've been to a few Sydney United games this season, you know, I'm not Italian, I'm not Croatian, I'm of Lebanese background, and I don't feel left out, I don't feel excluded, I don't feel, um, you know, ostracised because I'm not of Italian or Croatian descent, so it's good that this is happening, and I think that it's a step in the right direction, um, we just need everyone to, you know, come, as you saw, the kind of a happy middle ground with all this, and, you know, and let's progress and move this game forward for the good of the game. Exactly right. All right. And now we'll move on to the club championship standings. So, Will, what's happening in that mess? Uh, so, some a little bit of movement this week. Um, MPL1 was sort of not really fussed about, I guess. Um, Ako is all but relegated. I think there's going to be a 26-point uh, swing from Marconi, Sydney, United, and Manly. Um, Sydney FC as well need a few points, but Ako, they're as good as gone. They can get maximum 182. Marconi's on 156, so you know it could be a um, a relegation party this week or next week for uh, for Ako there. Um, but again, we, we've done that for quite a few weeks. They're just their, their first grade's not up to up, up to scratches to where it should be. I think. Uh, moving to MPL two quickly, um, North Shore Mariners currently sit on top with two hundred and fifty eight points, with Western Sydney Wanderers slipping back into second on two hundred fifty three. Now we're almost seeing sort of a two horse race because Central Coast Mariners are back on two twenty three, so a good thirty points behind Wanderers. Spirit back on 2.22, Mounties 2.19, Spartans 2.13, uh, Hills and Northern Tigers both on 208. So, you know, we've got North Shore and Wanderers in that two-horse race, I, th- I, I guess for at least me, and it looks like North Shore might start to run away with it. Now, it'd be very interesting to see uh, North Shore be promoted into the MPL1, only because... I think at the beginning of the season, no one really had them as promotion favourites. People looking at Western Sydney, Central Coast, um, even Hills, they had a very good squad. Like At least for my money, I wouldn't have put my money on North Shore to get promoted. No, so very interesting and a, a very good setup there, clearly. Um, looking down the other end, and Canterbury Bankstown is... They're, they're all probably gone. Uh, like right on me, needs a 70-point swing to stay safe, and they're in fourth last, so... I'll count them out. Um, now, this is where it gets, I guess, a little bit interesting, and teams still have a bit of a chance. Rams are on 100, St. George are on 112, uh, but right on me, Bonnie Rigg, um, St. George City all starting to sort of pull ahead and um, and reach safety in the, in the next couple of weeks. I'd say another three weeks or so. I think we should have a, um, 
we should have our three mathematically confirmed sides to be uh, relegated. All right, awesome. Um, now, the relegated sides, are they coming with any surprise to you? Uh, no. I mean, some people are saying Bonnie Rigg may slip down, um, but I, I think I've been saying from the start that they're, that, like, they're doing enough. Rydalmere might slip back. Um, yeah, St. George might make a late charge, but, uh, but you know, from, from what I've heard, St. George have basically um, uh, accepted the fact that they're going to be playing MPL 3 next season. And, uh, and it's such a shame after their good FFA Cup run uh, to be played. And they actually lost uh, 3-2 uh, to Sydney United in the Waratah Cup. So, you know, yeah, good on them, away. but... You know, but you literally doubles double sided edge. You got a good cup run, but you know, what's more important, the cup run or, or the league standings? Yeah, at, at this point, you know what I mean? yeah, um, I think you'd be picking up the league standings. Um, moving into NPL three, uh, Raiders sitting on top for the second week in a row now, maybe third week. I can't quite remember, um, but uh, they're on top. Glaceride Magic, so. Raiders are on 254, Magic's on 239. Magic, with those dropped 12 points, um, really hurts them. It would have kept them within three of, um, if if my maths is correct, of um, of Raiders. So, uh, very, very big, very big loss there for them. Bankstown City, it, it's funny how we said that they, you know, have got what, th- well, beyond, before this week, they've got three out of 63 points. Maybe it was six or something, but they're still in it. They're only thirty points off first. They're on two hundred twenty-four, and Bankston United two hundred twelve. So that win in first grade really helped them out, and um, I guess keeps them just in in promotion talks. Still mathematically, they can definitely still get it. And yeah, no, it's actually we keep saying this every week, but Bankstown United, good run by them. You know, the new boys uh, promoted from the state league last year doing quite well. So even if they do miss out um, promotion, which is still mathematically possible, at least they can take solace in the fact they had a good finals run. Uh, they made the finals in their first season, um, and they're actually doing quite well. So all the more power to them. So, yeah. boys, if you're listening, uh, good stuff. And a big contrast to, um, if we look down at the relegated or the potentially relegated sides, um, Paramount FC, who are in 12th place with 118 points. Now, that 21 points that they got against um, against Western New South Wales, very crucial for them. They can still get a maximum of 256, so definitely still keeps them in the conversation of survival. Um, they are some 54 points away from safety, and as each week goes on, um, your Dullies, your Sydney Dyers, your Stanmores, they keep picking up more and more points. Uh, the harder it's going to be for Parramatta to, uh, to reach survival. Um, Rage and Mariners, they can get most 181 points, and the um, the the lowest they not get relegated, Dulwich Hill, they're on 172, so only a nine point swing there. And Sydney Uni just need to get one point to uh to relegate those two sides. Um, Camden 120 points, so not much better than Parramatta at the moment, uh, and then Hawkesbury as well. Now Hawkesbury's the team that I tip as potentially pulling themselves out of relegation and potentially sending Dulwich or City United down instead of them. Oh, well, very big call. Now, Hawkesbury, you know, been very hot and cold this season. So, you know, I 
I don't think many people expected much of them. You know, who knows? Uh, it's a very funny league, MPL three. So it's literally going to go down to the wire for this one. And again, I'm I'm going to say it's going to take another sort of five, maybe six weeks before we see um, before we see some more mathematically relegated sides. But we're in for a bumpy last stretch home for uh, for MPL three there. And with that, we've got the state league. State League. There's not much to say really. As we were saying before, there was only three games played, and um, and the league leaders didn't. So, with their possible 21 points that they can get, uh, they're they're really starting to pull away now from um, from Fraser Park. And if I can get my uh, my tables right, we can see. So they're on 238 points with Fraser on 202. Uh, you know. It, it's almost a two-horse race. Like if you go down to third place in the P, and they're on 151, the most they can get is 277. So another 40 odd point swing there puts um definitely like mathematically puts it to that two-horse race. So look, I I don't see Central Coast United falling unless they completely flop to uh, to Prospect United and then Fraser get the full 21. Now that could make it very interesting. But, um, yeah, it's going to take a lot for Central Coast to not get promoted this year. Yeah, no, um, it's all but done for Central Coast United, so we'll be seeing them definitely in the NPL 3 next season. Um, I think with that, we'll give it a wrap-up from there. Um, Again, guys, just want to say thank you very much for your continued support of the page and of the podcast. Keep listening, you know, subscribe and subscribe to your favorite podcasting apps and don't forget to share you know any little bit helps us so again thank you very much yes thank you make sure you check out our socials facebook twitter instagram all at the clean sheet au and check out new entertainment order as well uh cool and with that uh we'll wrap it up for this week uh thank you very much guys and we'll catch you next time talk to you again soon guys bye